in our nation's history. Children, you can go on back. That moment where the president puts our arch enemy in his crosshairs and says, tear down this wall. In essence, communism has no place. And before the video showed, I don't know if you read it, but the idea is that the reason that there are international and global walls is because inherently inside of all of us are micro-walls. We all have micro-walls in our minds. We have strongholds in our minds. We have ideas and thoughts and things that we think it has to be this way, etc. And so we put these walls up. And we're going to continue through 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 5, where Paul's talking about demolishing mental strongholds. And he says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Last week, we took up verse 3 when we talked about that Paul says, go back to verse 3, Paul says that we live peripatos, that we walk around, the Greek word literally means to walk around, and we do our day-to-day living, and we do our grocery shopping, and we do our discussions, and we, we go to our jobs, and we have conversations, all, we, we walk around in the physical world, but our war as Christians is on a totally different front. We might walk around in the flesh and in the physical world, but we wage war differently. We fight differently. And he says that difference is, go on to the next verse in verse 4. We fight, that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. We're going to start breaking this down from the end of verse 4 through verse 5 today. He says, we don't fight with natural weapons. That is not our job per se in this spiritual war. He says, we have divine power. He's writing to Christians. He's not writing to non-Christians. He's not writing to people who don't believe in Jesus. He says, if you believe in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit has come to live in you, then you have divine Holy Spirit power in you to break down mental strongholds. This is the will of God in our life for every Christian. Whether that mental stronghold is depression or anxiety or fear or grief or maybe that mental stronghold is just you think your boss is a jerk but really behind the curtain your boss has just had a very rough life and that's what he has become as a result of what he's lived through or she. 
Whatever that mental stronghold is, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can break it down. And this is what Paul's telling the people in Corinth. Why? Because the people in Corinth had very strong mental strongholds. Very strong. I've gotten into it in the past and in previous sermons, so I won't dive into it today. But a good study of the culture of the city of Corinth tells us They had some serious, serious strongholds that even made its way into the church. And so Paul says, guys, gals, listen to me. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can tear these down. He says divine, the Greek word theo, T-H-E-O, theo means God, right? Divine, he says, we have God's power in us to tear down these thoughts. So every time that we have a thought of, I need to jump on the internet and watch that video again because I'm by myself right now. He says, you have the power to put it into that. Every time that you get up on a Monday morning and thinking, dear God, I got to go to work again today. You have the power in you to stop that. So that when you go into work, you go into work going, I get to be here. And because I do such a good job, my boss is going to give me certificates of happiness. We call those dollars. If you make your boss happy enough, you get certificates of happiness. I just had a discussion this week with my boys. We were cleaning house, and they happened to come across money laying on the dresser. And I said, I said, we just got the conversation about money. I said, money is spiritual. He goes, well, it's paper. This is, you're telling me this is spirit? I said, no, that's paper. But the concept of money is spiritual. The concept of money is spiritual. One of the reasons I know that is how many times have you seen a cow pay another cow for the services rendered? Animals can't think like that. That's a higher level of thinking. Now, some would call it evolution. It's a spiritual concept. It says that I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to, and, and, and because you're happy with the way I'm serving you and pleasing you, you're going to show me rewards. And then I'm going to take my certificates of happiness, and I'm going to go out on date night and buy my wife a steak. And in turn, I will make the server happy by giving them a certificate of happiness. It's a spiritual interaction. And so there you go. Money is spiritual. Maybe we'll talk about that some other time. But here's what I want us to understand. That we operate in God's divine power. Power is the Greek word D-Y-N-A-T-A, dynata. It is another translation of Dynata is also dunamis. You've heard me say again, that's where we get the English word dynamite, inherent explosive power. But the way it's used in this particular verse means that it's made possible because of one's own ability within them. In fact, the way this, was, the way this Greek word is used, D-Y-N-A-T-A, was used to describe a Roman soldier's inherent ability to kill and defend. Now, was the Roman soldier, let me ask you, if we're using it in that sense in which Paul uses here in this verse, is the soldier born inherently trained 
for hand-to-hand combat. No. My, neither one of my boys came out, with a, out of the womb with a black belt in karate. Did anybody else's kids come out like that? Because mine didn't. Did any kid come out of the womb holding a WWE championship? No? Okay. Just making sure. Some of you probably wanted your child to come out holding up a WWE belt, but it didn't happen, right? So what happens? You go to boot camp. You get trained in hand-to-hand combat. You get trained how to use a weapon, and then inherently it is in you. And when the time is right, you use it. This is the Greek word. You're not naturally trained in the ways of God. We're not naturally trained in the ways of the Holy Spirit. But when we come to Christ and we begin to learn of his ways and learn the importance of power of prayer and faith and patience and the fruit of the Spirit, and we begin to grow in these things and we become inherently, we begin to inherently have the ability, Paul says, to begin to demolish the strongholds that are in our mind. It's a very powerful word. He says, so with divine power to, Greek word, Pros, P-R-O-S, we call it pros, pros. It literally means face-to-face. We have this divine power to stand face-to-face against whatever it is we're demolishing. Demolish is a very large Greek word. Kata, K-A-T-A. It means to pull down. It means to pull something down. So we stand face-to-face with whatever it is that we're facing in our minds, Whatever that issue is, we stand face-to-face with that thing. We're not, we're not snipers firing from a distance. We're, we're face-to-face with it. Within arm's reach, we get into the issue. We get into the problem. If your problem is an addiction, you get into it. If your problem is some desire you can't handle, you begin to face that thing head-on. Okay? We begin to face our issues and our dilemmas and our strongholds head-on. Paul says, because inherently we have been trained with the power to pull it down. So, but it also means kata, and then the second part of that word, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this really long. It's, it simply means to do it for oneself because you see that you need to get rid of something. It means to pull down as much as possible. So when you, when you stop and you think about this word, and you think about what Paul's really saying, he says, through the power of the Holy Spirit in me, I can come against whatever is in my mind through the power of the Holy Spirit, and I can, and I can face it head on. I can beat it through the power of the Holy Spirit. What's Paul say? He says through divine power. He doesn't say through your own mental ability. He doesn't say through your own willpower. He says through your own mind. You face that thing head on. You face it head on, and then as they would in, in, in old, old days, right, they might throw some grappling hooks up, um, they might do whatever, and they might begin to pull it down. Of course, when you begin to pull it down, what inherently happens? Parts of the wall might come off, but then you're left with bricks stacked on top of one another. This word means to pull and then to begin to dismantle brick by brick. You pull what you can as a whole, 
whether that's getting something out of your house or, or blocking websites on your computer or, or whatever, you, you, do, you do what you can as a whole to remove it, and then you go in with what's left and you begin to dismantle brick by brick. Now, I was watching an exercise video the other day. Notice I said I was watching, not doing it, right? How many of you watch exercise and go, yeah, that looks like that'd be great. Next. And then you start the downward, downward spiral into the abyss of YouTube that leads to one thing. I didn't know that to the next thing. I didn't know that. The next thing. Let me see your hands. If that's ever happened to you, leave your hands up for a minute. All you self-righteous people who said that's never happened to me on YouTube, please put your hand up. <laughs> now, let's see. We're in church. Let's see how honest we can really be. Did you ever do that on your boss's dime at work? There we go. All right. Just wanted to make sure everybody's being honest this morning. So, as I'm, where was I going with the YouTube? Thank you. Anyway, the YouTube brick by brick, um, watching the YouTube, I was watching this exercise video, and they were doing something. She was doing like this. I don't know what she was grabbing. But in my mind, she was grabbing bricks off the wall she just tore down. So everybody, we're going to exercise this morning. Okay? This is church is spiritual. Now we're going to work our body. You're learning. You're working your mind. You're working all three parts of your body this morning. So get your arm out. Everybody get your arm out. Get your left arm ready. Okay. Now, in your mind, I want you to picture whatever it is you're struggling with. You ready to start tearing it down? All right. Let's go. Tear it down. Tear it down. Whatever that problem is, whatever that problem is, tear it down brick by brick. All right, y'all, y'all, I wish I had a video. You guys are awesome. All right. Some of you got the swimming thing going on. But listen, when Paul uses this word, this is what he says. He goes, you're going to be able to tear a large portion of it out, but there's going to be a large portion, another large portion of it. You're just going to, it's a process, and it's going to take time, and you're going to have to pull that wall down brick by brick. Maybe you were in an abusive relationship. You're just, it's going to take time, right? It might take time for you to trust another man again. It might take time for you to trust another woman again. It might take time for you to trust somebody again, to get that stronghold. Paul calls these mental strongholds out of your mind. You have to work on it brick by brick, piece by piece. He says, but through the power of the Holy Spirit in you, you can do it. It can be done. Nothing is impossible with God, right? Do you believe it? Then if that's true, and that power that created the universe is truly living in you, then what is it you can't do? Truth, I mean, we, we in Western culture really have a lot to learn from those in less developed countries. A lot. True story. Happened several years ago. There was a missionary being chased in Africa. They were trying to kill him. He was being chased. He got to a body of water that he couldn't cross. And he said, Lord, true story. Lord, I am glad to die for you today. This is what you have called me to do. I will be a martyr. But if you still have plans for me, 
I'm stepping out onto the water, and I'm going across it. The missionary walked across the water, the top of the water, and the tribe stopped dead in their tracks. Jesus is not the only one to walk on water. Because the power of the Holy Spirit was in him, because God still had plans for him not to die as a martyr that day. But in our Western culture, we think, well, that stopped. That doesn't happen. It does. Because all things are possible. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. And so if that missionary can survive that day by walking across this huge river to live, what is it that's holding you back? There should be nothing holding you back. Right? The same power that lived in Christ now lives in you. The only reason he can't do the things through you that he did through Christ is because we put the lid on him. We can't, that can't, and so we create mental strongholds. That can't happen anymore. That, that stopped back then. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. I got a, I got a, fr- <laughs> I got a, a good friend of mine, we, we chat on Facebook, and he, he, he's a good Southern Baptist pastor, and he goes, hey, we Baptists are, are, are fine with miracles until we see one. And I just laugh, and I said, well, I'll, I'll make a charismatic out of you eventually, you know. Like, you know, and it's all in good fun and jest, but the, my point is this. My point is, is that God loves you and will give you the ability to pull down the mental strongholds through the power of the Holy Spirit if you will allow it and work with it and give him free reign in your life. And so... The word stronghold here is a Greek word, akuroma, akuroma, and it originally started out to mean a stone wall fortress, a fortress with large stone walls. This is how the word was originally used. But in the Apocrypha, it's used differently. In the Apocrypha, it came to mean prison. This word is the same word, and it came to mean prison. How many of us get imprisoned? We think we're building up a mental fortress to protect ourselves and yet find ourselves eventually trapped in our own mental prison. It's exactly what this word pictures. And you know how a fortress is built, or you know how a prison is built? Now, I understand that our military can now 3D print a forward command building Within 24 to 48 hours, all they need to do is pop in the windows. And they've been doing that for like three or four years now. Haul the big 3D printer in. We did this in Iraq and Afghanistan. Haul the big 3D printer in. It 3D prints a building within two days. Pop in the windows, forward command. When we're done, blow it up. The military's been doing that for three or four years. So prior to 3D printed buildings... How do, you, how do you build a fortress out of stone? You build it brick by brick, piece by piece, mortar layer by brick by mortar layer, by bars. Here's what we have to understand about our mental strongholds. They didn't just show up one day. They are built brick by brick by brick by brick. You know what those bricks look like? Data. 
Oh, the data says this. We'll talk about data and facts here in just a second. Data, facts, tradition builds up mental strongholds. We just slowly build the mental strongholds until one day this is the only way we can see things. This is we're trapped. And so what happens? You have to demolish that at some point or else you'll always be a prison. And the enemy knows. The enemy knows what thoughts to put into your head. And then suddenly, because your brain is wired such that when you're looking for something, you'll find it. Like, have you ever looked for a car but didn't buy that type of car? You bought a different type? And even a year after you bought your new car or used car, you still see the other car everywhere? That's because you can train your brain to look for things. And so the enemy knows that. And so he starts putting thoughts in your head. And he trains your mind to begin to look for certain. Yep, see, there it is. Yep, see, there it is. Yep, see, there it is. Yep, there's. And before long, you have a mental stronghold of something. And Paul says, it's time to tear it down through the power of the Holy Spirit. The enemy gets in little by little. Little by little. So what I want to do is I want us just to take a look at, just in the words that I've broken down and, and given you the definition for, let's reread this verse with the definitions of the words here. So let's read this. Do you have that back there? Okay, you don't have that back there. All right. Oh, there it is. You have God's ability innately in you because of the Holy Spirit to enforce God's ways, to be face-to-face with your prison and pull it down and remove it brick by brick. If we take these words, break them down in the Greek, and put the definitions in, this is essentially what this verse says. You have it in you through the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to demolish brick by brick those mental strongholds. That's a process. That takes time. God can supernaturally come in and remove it, but Paul says that more times than not, you're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to work at it. In verse 5, put verse 5 up there, because Paul goes on in verse 5, he says, we demolish arguments. I, I wish we could not use that word in this translation. The word arguments is the Greek word logimos. It's where we get the English word logic. We demolish logic. Oh, wait a minute. Now, we're supposed to use logic. What is Paul saying? I mean, Paul speaks like four languages. He's highly educated. What are you talking about, dude? If anybody understands logic... It's Paul. Here's what logimos means. A reasoning or a log- or logic. Calculated thoughts and human reason that then develop into very strong opinions. He goes, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to demolish human logic, human reasoning. Remember last week we said, even Paul, with all of his education and all of his understanding, could not out-logic and out-reason Satan. 
No human has that ability. And so when we're left without the Holy Spirit and God opening up things for us and showing us things, we are left to argue with and wrestle with logic that the enemy would want to put in our heads. You don't have the, innately have the power to overthrow that. But the Holy Spirit does. Listen to me. Human logic without obedience to God is just self-exalting. This is what I think and this is the way it is. And human logic without obedience to God. Listen, there are going to be times in your life where you hear God and you know it's God's voice, but it doesn't make logical sense. Then what are you left to follow? Standing in front of a Red Sea with a staff going, raise it up, buddy. Are you crazy? What is this going to do? Raise your staff up. Okay. Makes no logical sense, does it? Hey, listen. There's a big flood coming. And believe it or not, one day, I'm going to build this thing called a boat. And he didn't know what to call it. He goes, but read your Bible, it's in here. Noah goes, hey, it's going to rain from the sky. And the Bible says they all laughed at him because it had never rained from the sky. The ground, they had sunny days, like every day was a sunny day. No rain, because the earth watered itself from the ground up. And Noah goes, hey, it ain't always going to be like this. One day, it's going to pour from the sky, and we're all going to die unless you're on the boat. And for 120 years, they laughed at him. You think it's tough when your coworkers laugh at you for three months. They laughed at him for 120 years. Until one day, what happens? Oh, snap, was that today? Was he right? Right? Sometimes obedience to God makes no logical sense hey, I need you to take your son Isaac up the mountain and uh, sacrifice him for me. Would you do that for me, Abraham? Well, sure. Come on, Isaac. Hey, Dad, where's the ram for the offering? Oh, don't worry about that. Just give me your hands. I need to tie you up and put you on the altar. Okay, you know how old Abraham is? He's like 100. Isaac's like a teenager. <laughs> if my 100-year-old dad... <laughs> And I was 15 or 16 years old. Ain't no way. Dad, you've lost your mind. You need Alzheimer's or schizophrenia or something. No. Right? Not happening. Sometimes God's commands defy logic. And so when I have an impasse between my logical understanding and God's commands, guess where I'm going? God's commands. This is Paul's thing. He goes... We have the power within us to follow God's command and defy logic. A missionary walking across a river to get away defies logic. But we can do it if God commands it, if God calls us to do it. I love what Jameson Fawcett Brown says in their commentary on verse 5 in this. I'm going to put this up on the screen. It says, true knowledge makes men humble. Where there is exaltation of self, their knowledge of God is wanting. In other words, if I'm truly knowledgeable and have true wisdom, it humbles me. But where I get knowledge and begin to exalt myself and I begin to exalt my knowledge, 
the Spirit of God is wanting. Not that I want it, but that it's not there. That the Spirit of God's not there. Not in that knowledge. That true knowledge is humbling. And so he says in verse, uh, verse 5, for the sake of time, we demolish the arguments, we demolish the human logic and every pretension, the word simply means high place. Simply means high place, that we exalt things. Everything that gets exalted up against the knowledge of God, we take it captive, every thought, to make it obedient to Christ. That thought's not biblical, that thought's not God, the Bible says this, pull it down. Don't let that brick get laid before long you're stuck in a prison of human logic that the enemy can outthink you and outmaneuver you every step of the way. This is what Paul's saying. The word obedience here is, is hupakoe, and it means, it means to hear as a soldier. Again, Paul's using all kinds of military language in these verses. He goes, to hear it as a soldier, as one who is under authority, as a child of God and as God, the creator of the universe, if we accept Jesus and we begin to follow Jesus with our life, we have now said, Jehovah, creator of the universe, you are my father, you are my commander in chief, I follow you. So I will heed your commands, even when it doesn't make any logical sense. Because that's how I prevent strongholds from taking place. And Paul gives us a clue. If we've got mental strongholds, begin to tear them down through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. See, there's a verse outside of the CIA mounted on the wall in Langley, Virginia. And it says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's prominent on the CIA building. Now, it's grossly used out of context because the truth doesn't set you free. Keep it in its proper place and in context. Jesus is talking about discipleship and relationship and mentoring. And he says, and then in that relationship, in that mentoring relationship, you will know the truth. You have to know it. Simply hearing the truth doesn't set you free. And the word know, Lynn and I were discussing this yesterday, is the Greek word for knowing intimately. Not reading it in a book, but knowing it intimately. And so Jesus invites us to know him intimately in a relationship so that we can begin to deprogram everything we thought we knew. And Paul says, and through that, you become free. You become free from past shame, past guilt, and past struggles, and bad relationships, and bad habits, and all of these things. Paul says, you can begin to destroy that prison in your mind. So I want to invite you this morning, as everybody stand, as we stand. I'm going to ask Steve and Bonnie to come come down here, and Lynn, if you 
come over here. And if you're here this morning and you have a mental stronghold, maybe there's something in your mind that you're, you've just been battling. We want to pray with you. Maybe you're at a place in your life where your human logic doesn't line up with what you feel God telling you to do, and maybe you're just struggling with that. We want to pray with you that God would give you the power to follow God's commands versus human logic because they are at odds many times. Let's sing this out. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Thank you, Jesus. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. Yeah, this is how I fight my battles. Well, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Not by might, not by power. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Well, this is how I fight my battles. Well, this is how I fight my battles. It may look, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Thank you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Thank you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Because this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Tear down those strongholds. This is how I fight my brick by brick. This is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. They're yours, Lord. This is how I fight my battles. I give them to you. Well, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You guys ready to have an amazing 4th of July? Listen, I want to close today, and I'm going to read a portion of one of my favorite books, and it's George Washington's prayer journal that I have. And I, I just took a portion of one of his prayers out of his prayer journal, and I want to pray that for us. So would you bow your head and close your eyes and just agree with me as I read from George Washington's prayer journal. In George Washington, 1772. This is a Monday night. Would you just agree with me? Let the bright beams of your light so shine into our heart 
and enlighten our mind and understanding with your blessed word that we may be able to perform your will in all things and effectually resist all temptations of the world, the flesh and the devil. Preserve and defend our rulers in church and state. Bless the people of this land. Be a father to the fatherless, a comforter to the comfortless, a deliverer to the captives, and a physician to the sick. Let your blessings be upon our friends, kindred, and families. Be our guide this day and forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. You guys go have an amazing 4th of July.